Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off, and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. That just happened. That just happened. That dial is Thursday morning edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, boy, do we have an action packed show today, including the man, the myth, the legend, John Campbell. Yeah, this is a really big show, Mike, and John Campbell will be joining us here in just a few moments. And, Mike, I think we have pretty much exhaustively, I mean, between us and the rest of the harness racing media and even some media outside of the sport of harness racing, has talked and spoken exhaustively about the great Hall of Fame career that John Campbell has had. And what I am looking forward to talking about, Mike, with John is the future. And one of the things I know we just talked about this off the air, and I think this is very important for the sport going forward, is the fact that John Campbell will be chairing the Uniform Rules Committee. And this is going to have uh, some very good representation from a lot of different people. And Mike, how many times on this program have we talked about the need to uniform rules racing regulations across all of our jurisdictions and i think this is a big step forward to doing it and i'm quite anxious to talk to john about that mike yeah definitely uh we saw another case of it in the uh unfortunately in the meadowlands pace where uh the pylon rule kind of reared its ugly head and the meadowlands uh came out um uh, you know not really with a statement but we saw uh that they basically followed the usta rule that uh come at Excuse me, that came out uh, last time they had a rule change um, at the USTA, you know, and so it, it's one of those things that we have to get on a uniform scale. Uh, rules are called one way in one state and one way in another, and I know, um, you know, it's kind of like the law, um, you know, it's one way in one state, one way in another, but I think uh, as a sport goes, we should uh, we should go towards more of a uniformity. We're also going to talk to driver Tim Tietrich, Mike, and boy, did he have a fantastic Meadowlands pace night. He'll talk about his five victories, including his fifth Meadowlands pace behind Huntsville. And boy, did Huntsville look good, but so did down by the seaside. Yeah, no question about it. As a matter of fact, Huntsville certainly showed a lot of heart uh, down by the seaside. You know, it was one of those situations, Mike, that if you could actually wager during the race – Beyond the three-quarter pole and down that long stretch at the Meadowlands, coming inside the eighth pole, inside the 16th pole, I would be wagering on down by the seaside in that stretch stretch uh, duel because I honestly thought that down by the seaside 
had Huntsville collared pretty much the entire way. But Huntsville showed a lot of heart. We're going to talk to Tim Tietrich about that. And also, how impressive was Walner? I mean, I and I know this is way early, and we're still a couple of weeks away, about a week and a half away from the Hamiltonian, a couple of weeks away, which, by the way, you can hear all the coverage here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. But um, how good is this horse? I mean, this uh, a stakes record in hand. I mean, this horse just keeps getting better and better, better, better and better. And this could be, by the time we're said and done, this could be one of the better trotters of our time. You know, it's interesting you say that because people are comparing him to the great Muscle Hill. And yep. we all know uh, just how good Muscle Hill was. I mean, we all remember the uh, the Sam McKee race call of Operation Hamiltonian complete. And, you yep. know, it's one of those things. Muscle Hill, he just, you know, he just has – Excuse me. Muscle Hill was so dominating, and Walner mm-hmm. is just so dominating as well. He uh, fended off the pressure of Devious Man, Mike, and Devious Man is no slouch, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, trainer Julie Miller sat down uh, recently with Ryan Macedonia to talk about him and just talk about how good he has gotten, but how are you going to get to Walner? That's going to be very interesting, but uh, like I say, they race him on the racetrack. They don't race him on paper, so we'll certainly have to see. Plus, we have Darren Gagne. He'll be hosting the weekly Running Aces segment. That's coming up, as well as we're going to have a chance to visit with Helen Gregory, and she's going to tell us about the National Stand of Red Horse Show coming up on August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Good stuff. We'll be hearing from her. But after this time out, it's the one and only Hall of Famer, John Campbell. Not going to want to miss it. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. Presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward point state restrictions. Join us for the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Pre-entries close July 26th. The visions offered include English, Western, Driving, Dressage, In-Hand, Showmanship, Gated, Jumper, Hunter, Speed, Fun, Equitation, Fresh Off the Track, Jersey Bread, and Roadster. There'll also be a stick horse rodeo for children between 3 and 10. Also, want a chance to receive $200 in cash and a custom belt buckle? Participate in the Pacing for the Cure in-hand trail. Visit sphonj.org for more information. That's sphonj.org for more information. It's the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey, presented jointly by the SPHO of New Jersey and the SBOA of New Jersey and our numerous sponsors. Pre-entries close July 26th. Be there! Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for a Corntastic Weekend on Friday, July 21st. All guests will receive a free ear of grilled Jersey fresh corn, and you can sign up at the promotions table for the Corn Carrying Contest after Race 2 and Corn Husking Contest after Race 4. All events will take place in the backyard, and winners will receive $100 betting vouchers. All participants will receive a $25 voucher. Gates open at 5 p.m. For more information, visit PlayMeadowlands.com.
are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Lots of going on on this particular edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Tim Tietrich will be joining us, Helen Gregory, Darren Gagne, and much more. But first, it's the Hall of Famer, John Campbell. John, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. John, listen, like I was telling Mike just before we brought you on, I think between us and all the other Harness Racing Media publications, we've gone over your uh, Hall of Fame career with a fine-tooth comb, all the great horses that you've driven. But uh, coming up on July 30th at Clinton, it'll be the last time around the racetrack. What do you think is going to be going through your heart? What do you think is going to be going through your mind as you take that final journey? Uh, Well, it's going to be kind of – Apropos for me, I'm going to end up where I started. I think uh, I feel really good about that. I think it's just uh, appropriate for me to to finish in Ontario. It's not not that far from Western for a raceway where I had my first drive. So, and there's going to be so many people there, my family, um, and quite a number of people, believe it or not, were there when I started driving in the spring of 1972. So, it, it's going to be special just to see uh, all the family and friends and. I'm just hoping for good weather because I think we'll have a pretty good crowd for it if uh, if the weather's okay. John, talk about your last three drives here in the United States. Uh, you won with Muscle Hill, Muscle Diamond, and Pig Hunt. All three very game efforts and for uh, three different trainers, including trainer Linda Toscano, who uh, you've driven for before. Talk to us about what it meant to win those final couple of races. Well, the last two at the Meadowlands, you know, they were big favorites. And, you know, I thought as long as I, I didn't do anything silly that they'd be okay and it worked out that way. It, it certainly was special uh, to win with one of Linda's, the second last one, and the last one with uh, Brett Biddle's horse. Uh, Brett Biddle and his family, his uncle Charlie Keller, have been, you know, great friends of mine for a long time. And I, I felt really good driving driving his horse in my last race in New Jersey, even if he hadn't won. So that that was uh, special, but the fact that he did win, and uh, we I had a lot of friends, and and my, all my family was there. Uh, it, it was just a special evening. It couldn't have gone any better. The Meadowlands did a great job of uh, putting everything together, and uh, for for myself and my family, we just had an exceptional evening. Visiting with John Campbell. John, let's get back to this race in Clinton coming up. Uh, it's going to be very special. And once again, if you're a harness racing fan, of, of it don't matter of what degree. Uh, you have to, coming up on July 30th, uh, be around somewhere where you can catch this Clinton broadcast because it's just an absolutely can't-miss thing. But, uh, John, you'll be driving against uh, a couple of other legends. I mean, guys like Mike Lachance and Bill O'Donnell, especially Bill. What does it mean uh, for you to uh, drive against these guys one final time? Well, I, I think I get back to that word appropriate. That I'm, yeah. I'm uh, you know, I've been a lot of battles with uh, – uh, Billy and Mike Lachance and Doug Brown and Ronnie Waples, for that matter, we raced against each other in a lot of the big races through the 80s and 90s with uh, with those guys. So I think uh, appropriate uh, just seems to fit for the whole uh, day, the whole atmosphere of how it's going to sh- shake out. Um, so that that makes me feel really good. I'm very happy about uh, my decision to to end it at Clinton and Legends Day every year has just been a sensational experience for me to be part of. Now, John, coming up, uh, we're also got a rules committee, kind of like a uniform type of rules uh, committee coming up. Talk to us a little bit about how you got involved with that and uh, what spearheaded that. Well, it's something that uh, I have just haven't felt comfortable about for a long, long time. I, I just think it's uh, 
uh, it's ridiculous, basically, that we don't have universal rules throughout North America, both both for the betting public and the fans and the participants. We we really know, don't know how races are going to be in call, called. The rules are different from state to state, the interpretation. I really think that the judges are in a bad spot to a certain extent in that our rules have not been updated and made concise and definitive enough on paper to say it's black and white, gray area. And then when you have that gray area, people interpret it differently. And, and I want to try and tighten that up. Um, and I've put a committee together. It's going to take a little time. This is not something that you can just do in an afternoon um, because it, the wording is so important. And, and how we want the, the rules interpreted it has to be very, very plain and yet concise and definitive so that peop- there's less gray area and less room for interpretation from judge to judge and i think for the guy that bets our game out in las vegas it has to be frustrating when he's looking at races and sees how the calls are different from state to state and even track to track and it's something that uh, i think uh, it won't eliminate that but hopefully we can tighten it up some and, ma- and just make it a little more uniform no question about that, John, and I was so excited to see that this rules committee was being formed, and I was even more excited to see that you were going to chair this thing because I think uniformity is something this sport has been lacking for an awful long time, and quite frankly, I don't think that we can move forward at all in any aspect when we talk about promoting our business, marketing our business, without some kind of uniform rules and regulations and some kind of uniform and united goal. You know, John, as you make the transition uh, from the driver's colors to the shirt and tie. And I know you're going to be doing a lot of things working behind the scenes. You're going to be with the Hamiltonian Society. What are some of the things, John, that you would like to see that is just absolutely vital for this sport to move forward and to survive? Well, I think uh, we have basically three entities that are that are in the game. The, the horsemen, the horsemen's associations, the racetracks, and the racing commissions. And everybody talks about change. We need to change, and I think that's universal. Everybody says we have to make changes if we're going to go forward. But nobody wants to make changes within their organization. They want the other guy to change. So I think one of the things I think um, all of the organizations have to be more flexible, more fluid, and more understanding of the other guy's position going forward. And what I'm going to try and do and what Tom Charters has tried to do over his entire career is have these organizations make better decisions that benefit the game in the long run, not just the various entities in a short term. So it, it's very difficult to do, and, and the, as I said, there's different interests involved and sometimes different personalities. But the, the, the bottom line is we have to make harder decisions that are going to benefit this game in the long term. Yeah, I don't think any truer words were spoken. I mean, I think there's going to be a a tough pill to uh, swallow for a lot of uh, individuals out there. But, uh, John, real quick before we let you go, um, you know, you've been obviously around a long time. You've been driving out there a long time. You've driven in the days where trainers primarily drove their horses. And, of course, you were driving when the catch drivers started to make a real big impact. And, of course, nowadays it's uh, primarily catch drivers. I mean, 85, 90, 95%. Uh, catch drivers in this day and age for some of these younger guys that are growing up in this in this industry here in 2017 that uh, you know some of the younger guys I mean that are in their low 20s uh, maybe mid 20s that are just really kind of starting to find out what this game is all about some of these drivers what advice can you pass along to them well I think you know 
young drivers have to start at a level where they're they can compete and compete under the radar, so to speak. I've I've seen so many young guys that have some ability and they can't wait to get to a level that they're not ready to be at, and they're racing against drivers that are just better than they are, more experienced, and then as soon as things don't go good, the young driver doesn't get the opportunities, and it just kind of spirals down from there. And the the advice I was given, and I maybe didn't take it as well as I should have, but is you can never go wrong staying down and winning races and learning to win races that maybe you have no business winning. And uh, that that experience, that resume, um, and that uh, that foundation of learning how to win races at a level and, and not getting ahead of yourself and put, putting yourself in over your head where you're just not ready for the, the next step or you get just kind of swallowed up by the competition if you make that leap too quick. And I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, a young driver, if he stayed two years too late in a rather than move up to another track, he'd be far better off than, than taking that step too early. John, what are you going to miss uh, most about driving? Uh, first of all, the winning, the competition, um, the winning just never got, never got old. I don't think it gets old for anybody, but it certainly didn't for me. And even, even in any race that you win, it's just a feeling of satisfaction that, you know, you put your horse in a good spot and your strategy worked better than anybody else's. And it's, it's just that, uh, that winning is is like, uh, an adrenaline rush, no matter what kind of type of horse it is no matter what type of class it is and i'm going to miss that there's no question but um i keep telling myself 45 years is long enough that's a long time to drive horses and uh, as i said many times i think i pushed the age limit uh you know the that envelope as far as i could and i'm very content in my decision well john we certainly appreciate you joining us and listen it's not like you're going away i mean you're going to be very visible part of this rules committee of the chairman there uh you're going to be uh heading the hamiltonian society so i'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of you in the future my friend yes i'll be around don't question about that mike all right john we appreciate it buddy anytime all right that was john campbell and uh, i'll tell you what that is going to be mike carter an emotional moment coming up on july 30th you know we have had i was thinking about this on the way here today Mike, we have already had so many emotional moments in this industry here in 2017. I don't know if my heart can take another. Yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a tough 2017. It's kind of like 2016 was uh, last year for basically like Hollywood and things of that sort. And uh, it, it, unfortunately, it's racing's turn. But uh, you know, hopefully, we can uh, you know we can continue to move on and uh, cross our fingers and knock on wood that nothing else uh, bad happens. Yeah, certainly about it. But this is going to be this is going to be fantastic, though, because and like I say, no matter where you are, it's one of those situations where I think if you're any kind of harness racing fan to a degree, you have to be watching on July 30th because you're going to have John Campbell up there competing against Bill O'Donnell, Michael Chance, all these guys for the final time. And if you just think back at the impact that John Campbell and these guys have had on our sport, I mean, it's just it's. Just no matter where you are, make sure that you're on a television set and check out Clinton Raceway coming up on July 30th because it is going to be something very special. And, Mike, we have a few minutes to go. We're going to take a quick timeout. We've got Helen Gregory coming on in a few minutes. But, uh, Mike, the Garrity, have you seen this field? That's at, fantastic. Uh, Saratoga oh, that's coming for up? sure. Oh, my God. An gosh. unbelievable fantastic. field, Mike. And 
And uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a timeout and because uh, we've got Helen Gregory coming up at uh, 1055. But when we come back, I think we should take a few minutes to talk about this great race, huh? Yeah, why not? Let's go around the horn with it. Let's do it. All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at that. Plus, Helen Gregory on the flip side of this timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old Pacers and Trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Helen Gregory will be joining us in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Plus, a little bit later on, our good friend Tim Teacher will be joining us. He had a big, big Saturday at the Meadowlands. We'll talk to him about that great day that he had. He had five winners yesterday, too, at Harris Philly. Plus, he's in action driving today, Mike, in uh, what's going to be some pretty severe heat. I would say it's probably going to get over 100, at least the heat indexes. Anyway, you guys have had some hot weather out there, too, haven't you? Hot weather, hot weather, and hot times on the racetrack, Mike. Uh, the weather uh, has been kind of muggy out here. So, uh, not only have we had the hot weather, we had a world record on Monday, and we also had a one forty nine and four miles. So, uh, it, it's definitely been warm out here. Yeah, no question about that. And uh, also, we're going to have Darren Gagne aboard, as per usual, as he will uh, take us through the wink at Running Aces, his Running Aces segment. That's going to be coming up uh, towards the bottom of the hour. But, Mike, real quick, while we have a couple of minutes, the ninth annual Joe Garrity Jr. Memorial Pace, and this has turned out to be a fantastic race over the past couple of years. My good friend, the race secretary there, Pete Iovino, has done a fantastic job of putting this race together. And, Mike, this has a lot of heavy hitters in this particular race, and especially 
especially considering the draw, I think, really throws this thing for a loop. You've got Boston Red Rocks from the rail, uh, from the pylons, I should say, not the rail, because there's not a rail anymore. The pylons, Boston Red Rocks has been racing a lot better lately, Mike. And this was a situation down that Meadowland stretch where I thought that he had Mockitzo's number in the Bill Houghton Memorial, and he just ran out of real estate. Exactly. You know, he looked exceptionally awesome. And, you know, Boston Red Rocks kind of fell off the map there for a little while, Mike. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great to see him come back. You know, he raced extremely well in his, uh, you know, three-year-old season and kind of fell off a little bit. And now now has come back, Mike. And I'll tell you what, Boston Red Rocks definitely looks, uh, definitely looks sharp. All bets off. The hard-charging closer, Mike, is what I like to call him. All bets off. Always seems to be around when things... Uh, when the uh, when the going gets tough and the speed duel on the front end it takes shape, you also have somewhere in LA from post three. Mike, how about Sintra from post number four? Sintra is a horse that uh, definitely is interesting and pulled off some pretty big victories here over the last couple of starts. I would say that was a jaw-dropping effort, 147 and change with that 26 and three come home uh, in the graduate final. That was like uh, just just a terrific effort for Sintra, who I think is uh, going to make his presence felt throughout this uh, event. Also, of course, we talked about Biddable Legend. That's one of the uh, older paces, just a staple in the older pacing division, a horse that at any time can uh, get the job done. Clear vision. Obviously, his uh, resume speaks for himself. He's made over $2.7 million. Mockage So, who's going to have a little bit of a tougher time from post seven. What a great effort, a great stretch drive. Him and Boston Red Rocks coming down the stretch in the uh, Houghton and the uh, Keystone Velocity. What a great effort and another thrilling stretch drive. We've had a lot of great stretch drives over the past uh, month or so with these big races, but Keystone Velocity coming up the inside, just defeating. Melmera. And, you know, this was kind of funny, Mike, because it was such a tough loss. And Robert Cooper, who is the owner of Melmera, has been on our show a few times. And he joined us for the Meadowlands Pace during our live coverage, came up to our table. And uh, when we were on break right before he's coming up, I told Rich, I said, Rich, are you going to ask uh, Robert about the big race <laughs> back in the Ben Franklin when Keystone Velocity came up to narrowly defeat Mel Mara? And, he, and Rich, you know, being the rookie he is, he said, no, I think I'll let you handle that one. I said, okay, I'll ask him. But uh, <laughs> Keystone Velocity took that away and, of course, supplied for one of Harness Racing's greatest moments, Mike, when Simon Delard paid tribute to Herbe Fillion in the winner's circle. Definitely, uh, you know, that was a, uh, it was a fun moment as well. And Mike, you know, I just, I look at this field, they go for $260,000 and I think of the battle of Lake Erie and how strong that field was. And this field is just absolutely phenomenal. Of course you have Boston Red Rocks at the inside Keystone velocity on the outside and a half mile track, Mike, um, the eight hole is not necessarily a post position, uh, that you really want. Of course, Mockitso is in here in clear vision. And it's interesting about clear vision, Mike, real quick, before we go to Helen Gregory, clear vision uh, is, a, is kind of another horse that, um, you know, has been hit or miss, but I'll tell you what, he used to be a uh, championship caliber horse in his own right as well. Mike. 
All yeah, right. the old the old mute button. Yeah, it's the old mute button again, Mike. The old <laughs> blue mute button that I just keep forgetting to to uh, tap. I don't even know why I use that thing anymore, to be honest. Didn't we have this talk in our last production meeting about using that? I, I think so. Talk? Yeah, we yeah, did. You know. We got a studio for that. <laughs> I sleep during our production meeting, so that's probably yeah, why. Apparently, but... Yeah, apparently. Listen, you sleep <laughs> during listen, the No, I'm just kidding. Nobody can take any of that money that two point seven away. From Clear Vision. I mean, he has earned it. He's just been a fantastic horse throughout his career, and he keeps going. He's uh, an 11-year-old war horse. That's all I could say, and uh, he's equally as dangerous as anybody else in that field. But props to Saratoga. Props to our, our good friend PJ Avino for putting together that race. That's going to be a fantastic race. Right now, without further ado, we're joined by Helen Gregory. Uh, Helen uh, is going to be uh, at the National Standard Bread Horse Show coming up on August 12th and 13th. And, Helen, this is going to be a great time. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. How are you guys? Helen, for for everybody that don't know what the National Standard Bread Horse Show is and how much fun it could be, why don't you tell our uh, audience a little bit about what exactly it is? Uh, it is a breed show for Standard Breads only, and it's, we're going on our 23rd year this year, so it's been uh, around for a very, very long time. And uh, we're up to showing for a full weekend now with a whole day on Saturday, a whole day on Sunday with 90 classes, and they're all for different caliber uh, pleasure racehorses. And actually, there's the classes for horses that are currently racing as well. So it just shows the the diversity of a standard bread, basically. And this is at the New Jersey Horse Park. Now, for somebody that uh, may be new to this thing that is walking through the, the door and that come in and they want to partake in this event, what are some of the things they can expect to see come uh, August 12th or 13th? Um, there, I mean, every year there's something new. And I had a couple of years some big trainers come in and ask, are these all standard breads? And that was, I thought that was kind of a funny question because they really are. It's all standard breads. They have to be registered with the USDA to be able to compete. Um, they will walk into uh, probably some millionaires. We have, One year we had Gallo Blue Chip show there. Um, we had other millionaires in the past. Uh, we had racehorses racing that came and showed. Um, so it's a fun it's a fun day and there's some some stuff for the kids. We're gonna have a stick class for the kids that they can do. That's the first time we're gonna try this this uh, this year. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, and once again, that's coming up August 12th and August 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. And like you said, you've got a lot of things going on for the kids. So this is certainly a family of brand. You could bring the family. And uh, is there an admission charge? No, there's no charge. It's free parking. You can just walk right in, and you, you're free to walk down by the barns and take a look and see what horses we, we brought with us and everything. And, and there's going to be horses coming from uh, all kinds of states. Uh, we have Kentucky, um, Ohio. Uh, there's a bunch of other states. So people come from all over to show at this show. So it's, it's, kind, of a, a big, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, certainly, and it uh, certainly has to be. Uh, it's got to be tough to kind of put this this whole thing together. Now, what role do you play uh, with the National Standard Bread Horse Show? Uh, I've been on there for about 13 years now, and I'm the vice president, and I also take charge of the finding sponsors for the show because it is an expensive show to hold because uh, you know it's a nice facility. We have to um, hire judges and people that work there. In addition, we do have price money, though, and we're like one of the few shows that actually offers price money right. uh, to the exhibitors. So um, that's what I do. I try to you know, rally up sponsors and coordinate everything and make sure that we are covered as far as expenses. 
Now, if there's anybody or anybody that has a business out there that may want to make a donation or that wants to be a sponsor, is there still time for them to do so? Uh, for for t- this year's show, uh, we already printed and everything. I mean, we're, okay. we're not say, ever going to say no to a donation. Uh, but for to have it printed in the book for this year, uh, we're uh, we're full. But we can also do uh, is advertise on our website and Facebook. So if they want to contact us, we can always do something. All right. And do you have an email address or, or something that anybody can get a hold of if they want to? Yeah, they can email me personally. It's k i c k a n at comcast.net. Beautiful. And if anybody wants any more information and to want to attend the uh, National Standard Bread Horn Show coming up on August 12th and 13th, uh, is there a website they can get information? Yes, we have a website. It's uh, sphonj.org. All right, fantastic. Well, Helen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Hopefully, and once again, we're keeping our fingers crossed that the uh, weather will certainly be very good, and we'll see you on August 12th and 13th. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. All right, that was Helen Gregory. And, Mike, that sounds like a really, really good time. And and like she said, there are some very good standard breads there. Gallo Blue Chip's been there in the past. Some other great ones have been there in the past. It's August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park in New Jersey. Mike, it sounds like a great time. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, sounds like sounds, listen something we're kind of a, me and you are kind of immune to. Sounds like a lot of work, uh, so definitely uh, reach out to them and you know maybe make a donation to a good cause and uh, help them out and uh, help them get their get that on the roll. And they, you know I, I tell you what I've never been to one of these horse shows. Maybe uh, maybe me and you need to uh, hook up and go sometime. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, maybe we can get into negotiations broadcasting from there from next year. I think that'd be a really fun time. All right, we've got our man Tim Tietrich in the on-deck circle, and uh, Tim is going to tell us about the big day that he had on Saturday at the Meadowlands, Mike. Five wins on Meadowlands. And I'll tell you what, Tim Tietrich won his fifth Meadowlands pace. And you talk about a Mr. Clutch, and we just had a Mr. Clutch, Mike, on the phone. A big money driver, John Campbell. Uh, and we've got Dave Miller, who's kind of got that reputation now. But I think Tim Tietrich, at the ripe young age of 35, I mean, it's hard to believe, Mike, that this guy's got about 20 good driving years, if not more, left in him. That's Listen, unbelievable. 20. I know, I know he's listening. That's the only reason I'm about to say that. I was thinking only like five. But, oh, you know, I, I, know yeah. I know he's not. No, we, still, hey, listen, we still have to get a hold of him, so, but you might not answer the phone after that. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. But listen, no, he's, he's, oh, he, he's definitely one of the clutch drivers um, in, the, uh, in the U.S., Mike. And, you know, he, he's rated up there among, you know, the John Campbells and the Dave Millers. And the one thing about it, you know, Sam McKee used to always call him the bionic man. And uh, for good reason, Mike. I mean, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, when he comes on the program as well. All right, let's take this time out. When we come back, it's Tim Tietrich on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Summer racing heats up at the Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono. Catch all the action Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday with a post time of 6.30 and Sunday at 7.30 p.m. In July and August, it's the two- and three-year-old trotters and pacers in the spotlight in Pennsylvania Sire Stinks and Pennsylvania Stallion Series action. Follow us on Twitter for all things racing at Downs at MSP at Downs at MSP. Mohegan Sun Pocono. 
Join us for the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Pre-entries close July 26th. The visions offered include English, Western, Driving, Dressage, In-Hand, Showmanship, Gated, Jumper, Hunter, Speed, Fun, Equitation, Fresh Off the Track, Jersey Bread, and Roadster. There'll also be a stick horse rodeo for children between 3 and 10. Also, want a chance to receive $200 in cash and a custom belt buckle? Participate in the Pacing for the Cure in-hand trail. Visit sphonj.org for more information. That's sphonj.org for more information. It's the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey, presented jointly by the SPHO of New Jersey and the SBOA of New Jersey and our numerous sponsors. Pre-entries close July 26th. Be there! Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, still lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Right now, we're joined by, I'm going to go on record right now, he's saying the future Hall of Famer, Tim Tietrich. Tim, if you keep driving like you've been, uh, and, and like we were talking about right before you got on the air, I, I mean, you're only 35. You still have about 20 or 25 good, solid driving years left in you, if not more. I mean, this is it's going to be a Hall of Fame career. Let's not uh, joke ourselves here. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. You know, it's just uh, luckily that I've been able to stay healthy and, you know, get quality work. You know, that's what it comes down to. You can drive good horses. Now, Timmy, you've, uh, I know you're going to be in action today here at Harris, Philadelphia, and, and uh, I feel for you, buddy, because it looks like it's about 150 degrees out there. So, uh, you know, my thoughts certainly go out there. You had five winners yesterday. But let's look back on the big Saturday that you had, and let's talk a little bit about Walner, the Meadowlands pace winner. And like I was telling Mike Carter a little bit ago, as Walner and Down by the Seaside were battling down the stretch, if it was one of those situations where you could actually bet during the race, past the three-quarter pole and past the eighth pole, my money actually, to be honest, would have been on Down by the Seaside. But Walner dug in very game and showed a lot of heart. Did he have plenty left in the tank, or is that a situation where you kind of had to do everything you could to keep him going? Uh, you know, Huntsville raced a great race. Huntsville, uh, not Walner. You know, yeah, Huntsville. Thank yeah, you. Huntsville. <laughs> I, I knew you, but, you know, he raced a great race. You know, it was uh, full out of salt. And, uh, you know, hands off to Brian's horse down by the seaside, Brian Brown. He uh, And he raced a great effort, too. You know, my horse was, uh, you know, got to the wire first. So, but, uh, you know, big fractions. And I, did, I, I went big fractions for a reason, trying to make sure Brian, you know, had to work to keep up to me. You know, I didn't want him to just ride up there and, make a race out of it there so you know my horse got the job done for sure now tim he said you have about 20 or 25 years left i think he's only got maybe one or two no i'm just kidding mike after (laughs) after that comment listen tim you had a big 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 saturday night and of course uh we we're going to talk a little bit about walner and just how good he is we talked a little bit about him uh earlier before you came on the show and he just fended off the pressure of everyone who attempted to even come close to him. And I know some are comparing him to the great Muscle Hill. Where does he stack up on some of the trotters that you've driven before? Uh, he's uh, he's the most impressive two- and three-year-old that I have gotten to be around. Um, you know, maybe he might before I'm done 
with him this year would be the fastest trotter I've ever driven. You know, he feels that way, and he does what he does so easy and effortlessly. And, you know, I haven't even taken the whip underneath my arm yet, you know. So the horse has just been on his game so far so good. Now, Tim, on Meadowlands Pace Day, it just seems like that, that you've come alive. I mean, you've got five Meadowlands Pace victories now. What is it about the race that uh, has, have you just been getting kind of lucky where you've just been getting the horse and the horsepower? Is it just something that for some reason that particular day you just put your game face on and, and uh, just get it done? Well, that's not the only day I've done good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't say no, that. No, no. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's just, it's just the way it's played out. I've gotten to drive some good horses. I, I lucked into he's watching, you know, when Jody Jamison couldn't come down or couldn't drive him up in Canada, lucked into him, you know, and I've gotten to, you know, fall on some really nice colts, you know, one more laugh and Captain Treacherous. Those are great horses, you know, along with Huntsville. So I've been uh, very fortunate to grab on some really nice horse race horses. Now, Tim, another horse I want to ask you about is a horse named Nike Franco. And Nike Franco uh, seems to be getting better and better and really wore down Lady Shadow in that final eighth of a mile. Uh, how good was Nike Franco on Meadowlands Pace Night? Oh, she was super. You know, she's raced good every time. You know, in uh, Canada, I just over-raced her and put her on the lead, and I think she's better at the stalking position um, but in the position I had in Canada. And Lady Shadow's a great mare, and she just blew my doors off in Canada. But – the other day, uh, you know, the posts were different, and I got to follow her. And, you know, I've liked this mare ever since. I actually drove her when I was in Australia one time. You know, when, the, when she came up for the sale, I told the connection, I think she's a very good horse, and she's, she's proved me right. Now, Tim, you had a very big night. We continue to talk about it on Meadowlands Pace Night. You had five victories. And, um, of course, you drove Delta winner in the William Houghton uh, talk about uh, how difficult that race is to drive in. And, and what I mean by that is it's 12 horses. It's a mile and an eighth. It's it, kind of a lot thrown at you at one time. It's tough. You know, with those crowd or horses, it's hard to give up uh, too many lengths because they can all go 120 and get home in 27 seconds. So it's pretty amazing. And uh, it's just hard to uh, – when you have the 10 hole, unless you have a very overpowering horse, it puts you in a very tough spot. All right, visiting with uh, Tim Tietrich. Tim, of course, that big day, and uh, as we talked about uh, on Saturday. But, uh, Tim, let's uh, get off that course a little bit. Earlier in the show, we had the Hall of Famer John Campbell on the program. John, of course, will be uh, driving his last drive coming up at Clinton on the 30th. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the interaction throughout the years that you've had with John Campbell? Well, I grew up idolizing the guy. You know, he's he's been a true Hall of Famer ever since uh, I've been around. And when I started the business, he was already a Hall of Famer. But, you know, the guy's great. He's done everything that's possible to do in this business. And now he's going to continue to help improve the business, um, you know, in, in his mind ways and things that he's very good at. So um, he's always been a very tough competitor, you know, always first class. And, you know, he's even when he retired just the other day, he still drove his good you know, he could always compete. You know, he just needed the more horsepower. But uh, the guy's great, and I'm honored to be able to work with him and call him my friend. Tim, real quick, one more question for you. For those of, those people who don't listen to our show regularly, don't really see you drive every day, and I'll tell you what, it's hard not to see you drive as much as you drive and as many racetracks as you drive. How do you keep going uh, during the day? Uh, we, they don't call you the bionic man for no reason. How do you keep going and uh, pushing through on those long dates? I mean, just my job. Um, you know, I couldn't do it without my support at home. You know, that way my mind can rest that way. And, 
you know, it's a lot of hours, but this is what I've chosen to do. And, you know, I'm going to do it as long as I can. And it's starting to slow me down a little bit. I'm trying not to do too many double headers. It's hard to get motivated through the second track after you've already done 14, but um, I'm trying to slow that down a little bit. But, you know, I enjoy racing horses and I love winning, you know, whether it's a four claimer, you know, or the Madeline's Pace, it's always fun to win. Hey, real, real quick, one more before we let you go, Tim. Uh, I I hear your uh, your little one is training to be a jockey. She knows how to get up and down from horses. Uh, is that true? Oh yeah, yeah. She's a, <laughs> she's definitely a cowgirl. She's uh, she's a barn girl. She loves the horses, and you know she'll probably want to be a driver, jockey, and be it all. She's she. We've got the race bike tied out back. She she'll get out there and uh, use a whip on the shaft a lot. So that's it. Uh, she's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and she's getting ready to start kindergarten. My little one's getting ready to start kindergarten, too. So it's scary, uh, certainly, scary. yeah, oh my goodness. I'll tell you, you're going to need, and I was telling my car to this before we got out of the air, you're going to need a freaking bulldozer to get my wife out of that parking lot when he starts school because uh, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be very tough, obviously, to leave your little one for a full time of school for the, the first day. But Tim, listen, we appreciate you joining us, buddy. Find a way to stay cool out there, my friend, because it is hot. It is hot. Yesterday was brutal, too, but uh, you guys, thanks for having me on the show. All right. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Bye. That was Tim Tietrich. Uh, yeah, he's going to have a busy day. But, yeah, his uh, his daughter, Mike, is getting ready to start kindergarten. Our son is getting ready to start kindergarten, too. And, uh, of course, they're both five years old. And it's just – it's it's one of those moments as a parent that I think it's a lot tougher on the parent than it is on the kid. As a matter of fact, Mike, I remember my first day of kindergarten. I remember as my parents kind of slowly drifted out of the doorway and I was left by myself to fend off this big, brave, beautiful world of ours. And, and I got to tell you, it really was tough on me for like the first couple of seconds. And then when I looked over and I saw the kids and the blocks and all the toys and everything, then I was over it. <laughs> that, hey, listen, it takes them about three seconds, and they're like, "Hey, toys!" You know what? That's uh, that's the fun part of uh, for a kid, anyway. Um, yeah, not fun for the parents. I'm going to tell you, not fun for the parents. I am ruining that day in early September that that we have to do that. That's going to be a tough one. Well, listen, save a spot for me in the announcers booth. Maybe I'll come cover uh, that day for you. That way, you can enjoy it. Yeah, well, you know what? Listen, I, the bills still have to get paid. I mean, you know, the power company and the gas company—they're not going to accept any kind of excuses. So I'm not going to—I'm not going to be able to shut down. I'm going to have to keep working. But anyway, speaking of keep working, we've got one of the hardest racing guys in harness, uh, hardest working guys in harness racing. Mike, our good friend Darren Gagne is coming up. Only next, maybe to the natural, Rich Matei is a pretty hard worker, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on. <laughs> At uh, running aces hardest park there, Mike. By the way, they're having a great meet up there. Yeah, they are. And uh, I, was, I was telling uh, Kate, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago that you know her brother's getting ready to move to uh, Minnesota to um, to work at the Mayo Clinic, and I might have to uh, freaking go out there because running aces isn't far from there. It looks like a very beautiful facility, and it's one of the only places I know in – well, probably the only track in the world that you can actually go fishing in the pond right out, right out outside the track, catch a fish, and take it to the clubhouse and have them cook it for you. I think that's pretty unique. But without further ado, let's hear from Darren Gagne on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's our Running Aces segment. 
Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Hey, it's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces in beautiful Minnesota, and it's time to recap another big week of live racing action here at Running Aces. It all started back on Saturday night, July 15th. A night of prices at the track on Saturday. Only two winning favorites on the Saturday program. One of the highlights on the card on Saturday night was the Minnesota Sired's $9,600 three-year-old pacing event. And Swing It Again posted another impressive victory for two in a row and four seasonal wins after her one-length tally in 155-2. This sharp filly is by Voracious Hanover. is trained by Gene Miller for owners Wolfswinkle Pacers. And she's been handled uh, regularly by driver James J.D. Yoder. Tonight, Swing It Again was parked the entire mile from post position 7, but she had plenty of pace left in the home stretch to power past the favorite gelding Wonder Bull with Nick Rowland in the bike, who was forced to settle for second once again as the Philly Swing It Again posted another big win for two in a row, once again 155-2 in the Minnesota Sired three-year-old pace on Saturday. Santana Sam would be one of those big price winners on the Saturday card. In fact, the biggest on the card as Santana Sam returned $48.60 to win in his second consecutive win in a row with driver Willie Hernandez in the sulky. Razor sharp gate to wire score. Longest shots on the board. Second consecutive start. Uh, he was 22-1 to in the uh, win that was about four or five days prior to this win here on Saturday night. $5,400 condition pacing event. Santana Sam was never in doubt. From post position one, he collected his third one of the season in 156 and 1, despite being dismissed by the wagering public. Four year old gelding by Santana Blue Chip is also trained by Willie Hernandez for the owner, Maria Alvarez. Alma Ariba Bay picked up top honors on Saturday night in the featured trotting event, $6,400 condition trot. Winning driver Jerry Longo set his five-year-old mare by SOS Lunar Eclipse away from the gate in fourth position from post six and waited very patiently throughout the mile, saving all the ground all the way around the track, storming through the passing lane in the stretch, getting up at the wire to win by three-quarters of a length in 159 flat for her second win of the season. Almar Rebebabe is owned and trained by Richard Davis, and a nice win for her 159 flat on Saturday evening. On Sunday night, one of the biggest events on the card was the $15,000 Dan Patch free-for-all preview pace, a star-studded field of six going postward for the preview of the big $35,000 estimated Dan Patch free-for-all next weekend on Sunday, July 23rd. And Roland and Rock would live up to all the hype here on Sunday night in the preview event as he would sweep from last to first and score another huge win here at Running Aces. Roland and Rock is a perfect three for three in 2017 at running aces 151 and three the winning time on sunday night and steve wiseman was in the sulky behind rolling the rock on sunday settled him away last in the field of six got him rolling past uh, the half mile marker and he just 
stormed on by the field and powered away in the home stretch once again to win in 151 and three, two and a half lengths ahead of the second choice in the field, Fire Drake, who made a nice showing of himself. He really was boxed in the entire way, got some room late in the stretch, was able to power through toward the inside for a nice second place finish in 152 flat, rolling and rock. And Fire Drake likely to be the two favorites going in to the $35,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pacing event next weekend, part of our Dan Patch weekend at Running Aces. Roland and Rock is owned by Connie and Dwayne Roland of Iowa. Dwayne Roland trains, and once again, Steve Wiseman in the bike for the victory in 151-3 on Sunday. Also on the Sunday night racing program, the... Sharpa gelding pacer Barbosa picked up his third consecutive win in the claiming condition event for $7,000. Three wins in a row, gate-to-wire scores, in fact, for Barbosa with Luke Plano and the Sulky. Very sharp win for Barbosa on Sunday night once again for three in a row for Barbosa. Also on Sunday, the $13,000 Minnesota Sired three-year-old trotting event. And number one, I'm a Pixie at Midnight, posted another very sharp win, getting away in the pocket position with Nick Rowland in the bike and then making her move just past the half-mile marker. I'm a Pixie at Midnight took control and had plenty left in the home stretch to hang on for a one-length victory. A nice win in 2.01 and 4 for I'm a Pixie at Midnight, owned by Set the Pace Racing and once again trained and driven by Nick Rowland. I'm a Pixie at Midnight, 2.01 and 4 in the $13,000 Minnesota Sired three-year-old trot on Sunday. On Tuesday nights, a racing program at Running Aces. One of the featured events was the Open Handicap Trot, and Banker Volo was back in action off of a couple of weeks of layoff. Banker Volo had been dominating the Open Handicap uh, Trotting event this season at Running Aces. He was forced to sit out for a week after winning two in a row, and then the uh, event did not fill. So he had a couple of weeks off, and he was back in action on Tuesday night. And boy, oh boy, was he as good as ever. Banker Volo going gate to wire from post six. Never in doubt. Uh, never had a horse uh, closer than a length and a half to him, and he powered through the home stretch to draw away and win by five and a quarter lengths in 154 and four. Banker Volo making it three wins in a row on Tuesday night. Luke Plano in the Sulky, of course, owned by Daniel Roland of Iowa, being conditioned this season by Jenny King up here in Minnesota. Banker Volo dominating once again in the open trot in 154-4 on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday night's program, the $12,000 Phillies and Mares Open Handicap Pace, the big highlight on the card, the featured event, a very, very talented field of nine pacing mares going to the gate. And it would wind up being a record event on a Tuesday night's card, and it would not be a speed record. It would be a paramutual record as number two, Magnifique, pulled the monumental upset in the $12,000 Mayor's Open Pace on Tuesday night at Running Aces, crossing the wire first by a head in 152 and 4 at 115 to 1 in the wagering. Magnifique and winning driver Jerry Longo, also the owner and trainer of Magnifique, uh, 99 to 1 on the board, paying $232.20 to win. The favorites in the field uh, really mixing it up early in that mile. Best of Jenna was on the front end at the quarter in a very snappy 26-3. and three. Had been mixing it up with uh, uh, Stabilize in the early uh, stages of the race with Place and First right there in the early mix-up as well. And the big favorite, uh, Gold Star Misty, from the far outside post nine was first over the entire mile. 
Magnifique, the winning uh, mare, would actually pick up second over cover behind Gold Star Misty, who was hung the entire mile and really put in a game effort, only lost by a head to Magnifique at the wire in 152 and 4. But Magnifique and Jerry Longshot Longo getting up to win. The featured Mayor's Open on Tuesday night again. Paramutual record for running Aces $232 winner in Tuesday's featured Mayor's Open Pace. Also on the Tuesday night racing program at Running Aces, the Minnesota Sire two-year-old Pacers Class A, $9,600 event, full field of nine. Uh, the number nine Giggle Monster, the big favorite, looking to remain perfect lifetime, was unable to do so on Tuesday night. Made an early miscue, made a break uh, in the first quarter mile, did then a charge up to take the lead in the race and had the lead all the way to the top of the stretch. But it would be the pocket-sitting Philly, LMNOP, uh, with Steve Wiseman and the Sulky, who would get up to win and, in fact, draw away in the home stretch to win by seven lengths. Uh, with Steve Wiseman in the bike, LMNOP, the Philly, gets up for the win. Giggle Monster, the big favorite, uh, finishing second with Dean McGee in the bike. 156-3, a very sharp win for LMNOP in the two-year-old Minnesota Sired Class A pace on Tuesday evening. Coming up this weekend at Running Aces, it's going to be the big Dan Patch weekend. We're going to have the Dan Patch Historical Society on site on Saturday with a poster giveaway as well. Free live music on Saturday night. Sunday, family day, of course, here at the track. Kids horseshoe giveaway and the big $35,000 estimated Dan Patch free-for-all pace. Don't miss the racing action at Running Aces this weekend. Dan Patch Weekend, post time 6 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the Upper Midwest, located just off I-35 and just north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota and available at simulcast centers and on ADWs across North America. With live harness racing action on Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday nights, from May through September. This season, Running Aces introduces the new 20-cent jackpot pick-five wager. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Join us for the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey. Pre-entries close July 26th. Divisions offered include English, Western, Driving, Dressage, In-Hand, Showmanship, Gated, Jumper, Hunter, Speed, Fun, Equitation, Fresh Off the Track, Jersey Bread, and Roadster. There'll also be a stick horse rodeo for children between 3 and 10. Also, want a chance to receive $200 in cash and a custom belt buckle? Participate in the Pacing for the Cure in-hand trail. Visit sphonj.org for more information. That's sphonj.org for more information. It's the 23rd Annual National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 12th and 13th at the Horse Park of New Jersey, presented jointly by the SPHO of New Jersey and the SBOA of New Jersey and our numerous sponsors. Pre-entries close July 26th. Be there! Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment for a Corntastic Weekend on Friday, July 21st. All guests will receive a free ear of grilled Jersey fresh corn, and you can sign up at the promotions table for the Corn Carrying Contest after Race 2 and Corn Husking Contest after Race 4. All events will take place in the backyard, and winners will receive $100 betting vouchers. 
All participants will receive a $25 voucher. Gates open at 5 p.m. For more information, visit PlayMetalands.com. Kentucky Sire Stinks is a culmination of a month-long series of preliminary races with the biggest money earners getting a chance to compete in one of the richest finals in North America. The Kentucky Sire Stinks includes two- and three-year-old pacers and trotters competing for over $2 million in purses. All the races are conducted at the historic Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The series starts on Thursday, August 17th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit khrc.ky.gov. That's khrc.ky.gov. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. That was a good friend, Darren Gagne, the Run Against This segment. You can hear that every week here on post time with Mike and Mike. And uh, Mike, speaking of uh, our big remotes coming up, uh, I know we're talking a little bit about our remote schedule. Our next one is going to be the Hambletonian. And Mike, we are super excited about that. And uh, right now, I guess it's very safe to say, very safe to say that Walner will be the favorite in that particular event. He will be the favorite. And, uh, you know, the it, the problem I have with the Hamiltonian uh, this year, it's not even the fact that it's going to be, you know, he's going to be the favorite. But, Mike, it's almost like the Belmont Stakes here the last couple of years. You hope for the favorite, but you bet against it. And uh, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how this race uh, comes about and uh, how it shapes up. Yeah, and that's going to be a fantastic stakes card, too. For time information as far as broadcast time is concerned, please keep it locked on our website, post time with Mike and Mike.com. Also, our social media pages, Twitter and Facebook. We'll have a, a time that we're going to be on the air for you as we get a little bit closer to the event. But speaking of, uh, of an event, Mike, the Delvin Miller Adios Eliminations are coming up this weekend at the Meadows. There are two divisions three-year-old open pacers, some pretty big names in there, Mike. In the very first division, Huntsville will be taking on the likes of Bloodline, who made a very untimely break uh, in the Meadowlands pace. Me so fast, Hialater, Boogie Shuffle, who we saw in the Meadowlands pace. Uh, I don't think it's a complete walk on the park for Huntsville, do you? You know, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, there's some speed to the inside. Boogie Shuffle's got a little bit of early speed. RJP's been racing extremely well. Highlighter's my only question mark horse. Uh, he's been racing among the lights of the Pennsylvania All-Stars and some Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Company. Now, remind you, he was second to Huntsville the last time, uh, the last couple times they faced each other. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Me so fast is a uh, is a, is definitely another big play. I think five to two on the morning line though is a uh, is a little bit short on me so fast. You, Huntsville doesn't have to win the race rjp and me so fast of course bloodline to his inside definitely all have a chance but the race definitely goes through huntsville um but he can be beat that's for sure 
Certainly, the uh, and he is the seven to five favorite in that elimination. The second elimination is the very next race, a field of seven there, and another seven to five favorite. Obviously, Fear the Dragon is going to be the elephant in the room there. Uh, some of the others in that race, Western Hill, uh, kind of a horse that I liked that really put on a clinic uh, in his last race, Lawrencetown Beach here at Harris Philly. You're going to want to keep an eye on that horse. I think that horse could be a potential upsetter if he continues to build on that effort. Hurricane Beach, filibuster Hanover, as we mentioned the second favorite Eddard Hanover in independent one to make no mistake about it the marquee matchup for the finals I think that everybody is looking forward to is Huntsville versus Fear the Dragon do you see any problems for Fear the Dragon in that elimination no not a whole lot other than the fact that there are three Ron Burke trainees in this race as well as the last race and the one horse that he has in here that I really like is filibuster Hanover I think he's just a step below uh, fear the dragon Huntsville and down by the seaside another horse that I kind of like Mike is a horse that drew the rail Western Hill for trainer Tony Alanya Dave Pallone picks up the drive and Western Hill has kind of been uh, racing pretty well. Certainly, no question about it. So that is uh, coming up at the Meadows this weekend, Adios Eliminations. And, of course, the Joe Garrity, that's a great race. We talked about that earlier. That's coming up at Saratoga. That is a jam-packed field for older paces and one you are certainly not going to want to miss. Well, Mike, I don't know where this show has gone. It's been a whirlwind. Special thanks to our guest, John Campbell, Tim Teacher, Kellen Gregory, and always thanks to Darren Gagne for the weekly Running Aces uh, segment, getting it done there. And to make sure you uh, play penny, plenty of attention to uh, that Minnesota racetrack going forward. And uh, anything else, my good friend? No, not really. Uh, that's pretty much it. We'll see everybody next uh, Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody.